Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Talk Local. Today, I was joined with Tess Waitovich and Bethany Shellhart. Um, if you're not familiar with those names, you're definitely familiar with their maiden name, which is Albanese. Um, they are the daughters of Scott Albanese, who owns the Albanese Candy Factory. And um, what an awesome awesome interview. They were in here for about 45 minutes and we got a real good chance to hear a little bit about what it was like to grow up in that family. Um, Also a little bit about what's going on with them currently and all the different aspects, uh, including this ultimate flavor that they're going to be releasing on January 1st, which is incredible to hear about. And just to really kind of get a backstory on a lot of the questions that a lot of our public had for them. Um, So the conversation lasts around 30 to 35 minutes. Um, If you do have any questions, feel free to hit us up on it. But um, other than that, enjoy our interview with Tess and Bethany. Obviously, you guys are from around here. Yeah. Right. right? And so uh, where do you guys live now? Um, I live in Hebron, about on the boondocks. <laughs> nice. How do you like Hebron? Uh, I like it. It's quiet. Uh, I'm sad that we don't have a grocery store anymore, so that's hard. But, I mean, it's a nice area. Yeah? Yeah. And where do you live? I'm in Valparaiso on this. I'm south of 30, though, which I think comes with like some kind of stigmas, but whatever. <laughs> Judge me. <laughs> We're south of 30 here, too. We get it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Crown Point and Valpo seems to get the get that stigma. Yeah, the south of 30 thing. Yeah. So I'm um, kind of by Reed's Nursery in a subdivision back there. Oh, awesome. I like it. What's not to love about Valpo? Hell yeah. You know, we love the place. food there. The restaurants Super are Super awkward when you're in Crown Point talking about yeah, how much right? you love Valpo. What's not to love about that? Well, that it's not Crown Point is what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'll let you redeem yourself. <laughs> We're you guys... so lucky in Northwest Indiana. We have some awesome communities. Super awesome. Yeah. I, I spent like a weird time. I grew up in like Hammond until eighth grade and then okay. moved to St. John and then went to college in Westville. Uh, so I spent like a significant oh. amount of time in almost every corridor. It's yeah, crazy yeah. how like unique everything is. The different mindsets and perspectives is interesting. Yes. But but all yeah. like glued together by, it seems to be like high school sports and, and the region. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's I would nuts. say more the region because the rest of the state doesn't accept us. So it's like we have to band together. We have to. Do you guys believe in being called rats? Is that a thing for you guys? Like region no. rats? Yeah. I heard about Just that region. my first time like when I went, when my friends all went to Purdue and I went to visit and they were like, oh, you're like a region rat. And I was like, what is a region rat? Like no one, I never heard of it before then. Yeah. And then I realized like we had this whole like thing about us that people, the rest of the state, I was like, haters gonna hate. <laughs> but no, they were really, I mean, honestly, I thought it was kind of cool. It's, I think it's unique position that we're in to be part of indiana which is a great state and then also to be close enough to enjoy chicago oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah so did you guys yeah. grow where did you guys grow up then place of four seasons yeah. oh nice so did yeah. you guys yeah. go to crown point or no boone grove yeah, we yeah the porter chronic side i should have known i went yeah. to hanover central so yeah. that was a huge oh, rivalry yeah PCC yeah oh this is oh awkward we have to go <laughs> <I know. laughs> we Wait, can't do this anymore 2000 uh, 2001. No kidding. Yeah. So yeah, we had some battles at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I only played baseball though. Okay. All right. Yeah. I didn't go to the baseball games. No. Too long. Too much of a commitment. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. It's one thing playing was another thing watching them. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about like what's going on. Like I, I guess from uh, your guys' perspective, uh, you guys, you know, obviously grew up in the Albanese family. You guys still, you guys work there both, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we so, have a younger sister too that works there oh, as well. Awesome. So there's three of us. 
Mm-hmm. So, so how many other siblings do you have? Well, we have an older brother, but he's not involved in the build in the building in the business. And then there's Tess, myself, Bethany, and then Dominique. So Dominique's gotcha. the youngest. Tess and I are only 15 months apart. Dominique's five years younger than me. So 15 months apart. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I have an 18 month old right now, and we got our next one on the way in January. Oh, okay. So we're right okay. there. Yeah. How did that go up for you guys growing up? Was rough. that cool? It was rough. <laughs> rough until <laughs> rough until she moved out. Oh, this is that kind of couch. Should I lay down? So are we gonna talk about this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I think you're like normal siblings, or you get along when you the, the most that we got along was when we were annoying our parents. So as long as we, you know, we bonded over that and then when we got older, we became really good friends, and I think that's pretty normal in most sibling relationships. You find that common ground, you start to grow up, you you know, see your friends kind of come and go, but your sister's kind of there forever, and so we became really good friends, I'd say, in like late teens, early 20s, mm-hmm. um, and then being business partners, I think, has really solidified that, and the same thing with our younger sister, Dominique, because she's so much younger. We were, you know, I was out of the house when she was in high school. Crazy. So... You know, our alarms now are more in sync, so we've all gotten really close, and uh, being business partners has definitely helped with that. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So how's the, how, so just by seeing the growth from your your view would be really interesting to hear, because it's obviously probably one of the biggest candy manufacturers in the country, right? Yeah. At this stage. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, when when did you start getting involved, and when did you start kind of like what, what's your kind of like earliest like memories? Oh my gosh! Well, we were always at the candy factory when we were younger, so all of our friends and i'll speak on behalf of all of us all of our friends just thought it was so cool that our parents owned a candy factory and we were like this is so lame you guys all get to go hang out on a saturday we had to go to work and like you know my parents had stuff to catch up on so then we would help they would set out a whole pile of boxes and we'd have to make them all by hand and put cellophane bags in them and basically prep for the workers on monday for when they came in that all you know as a kid you never see the value in that until you get older and then you realize that's where all your work ethic comes from. Oh, yeah. You know, and we're really hard workers. We're heavily involved in the business. Um, all of our, you know, employees, coworkers there at the factory, I mean, they see us all the time. They they know we're right there with them sweeping the floors. Whatever has to get done to to succeed at the end of the day is mm-hmm. what we're, we're going to do. Wild. And so yeah. what, what, what are some of your memories younger? Um, well, like Bethany, so the business was a lot smaller then too. Obviously we've grown, you guys have seen our building expand. And so at the time we weren't even making gummies when we first started. So we started as just a retail store. So we Mm -hmm. were like waiting on customers and, you know, uh, we were, we would be roasting nuts at that point. So it's like we were, you know, eating candy. So it's like for me, my, actually one of my biggest memories is that, um, I had realized at one point in my life that candy wasn't free everywhere. Oh, yeah. So I would go to the candy store and my parents <laughs> so would be like, oh, get a piece of candy. And so I'd go eat you know, candy. And then we went to this other person's candy store, which I found out later was a customer of ours. And we walked out with candy in our pockets. My mom's like, oh my God, you just stole from this guy who like, is our customer. <laughs> so she's like taking candy and he's like, oh, it's okay. That's hilarious. <laughs> so we learned pretty quickly that uh, it was, but it was very like a little moment. Okay. I was like, no. oh, okay, I get this now. Like candy's not free everywhere. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you guys get involved right out of college? No. Um, we each did something different. So I actually went to cosmetology school. I thought I was going to do just hair and makeup for the stars. And then after I worked in a local salon, um, I was thinking about going to Chicago. My mom, they had just opened the Holbert location. That ended up being like a huge, mm-hmm. you know, in Maryville, we really only had two people at a shift. In Hobart, they opened it and they ended up pulling people from our warehouse and off of our chocolate line in order to come wait on customers. So it was like... We were not prepared for how big this store was going to be. So anyways, I was kind of looking for a change. And by nature, I'm just an organized person. So I told my mom, let me come back. Let me help you. You shouldn't be working this hard. Like, let me do this. 
And so I took the store on for her. And really, that's kind of what like hook, line, and sneakered me. I just loved management. I loved working with people. I loved working with the employees. I loved seeing people grow. And so that's really what got me um, started back in the business. So it's been, I've been there for about 15 years now. Awesome. My wife's a hairstylist too. She, oh, cool. She she's been doing it forever since awesome. high school. Awesome. Where's she at? Uh, Thomas William. I don't know what it's called remember now, okay. but it's right here on, on uh, Summit. Very cool. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. It's a fun industry. Oh, yeah. So what so what what did you uh, what did you do afterward? Well, I knew when I graduated high school I didn't want to do anything in the medical field and I never wanted to go into my family business. So I became a nurse. <laughs> oh nice. And I've held my license as a nurse for about fifteen years and then I worked in like emergency rooms all across the United States. I did travel nursing, kinda of had a lot of fun and then Which sounds like a lot of fun. It was super fun. Super fun for the sister that went and visited her. Yeah, her no, she had to it go was too. really great. I think nursing's a great career. I um, a lot of the things I learned actually about business, about people from nursing, I would re- I recommend it to anyone who's interested in the medical field. It's so versatile. There's so many things you can do. But I had gotten to a point where I was a little bit burnt out, which is also pretty normal in nursing. And we had an, a position open in like finance accounting. So I, I interviewed for that, took that position, and then that grew into what I do now, which is largely over like purchasing and um, managing like a commodity procurement, things like that. Sugar corn, syrup, gelatin, fun stuff. Chocolate. So I buy cool. chocolate. Damn, I would be like 5,000 pounds. Right <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know, we're getting there. <laughs> so, so Working the, on it. What, <laughs> come back and like a, we'll do like a, yeah. a, a post yeah, podcast I, in like five years. <laughs> um, so like what's the kind of the backstory of Albanese and how does it start? I think that's a big, big No, that's a, that's a lot of things people don't know. So our... A lot of people thought it was my grandfather, but really it was our dad and mom. They were, my dad was bricklayer or Italian. So he was looking for something to do in the winter so that he couldn't, he couldn't, you know, be having kids and then not afford, you know, no commercial construction going on at that point. So they had stumbled upon um, a candy store that was selling roasted nuts and selling candy. And they were, knew the price of how much the commodity of the nuts were costing and how much they were turning a profit on it. And so they were like, we think we can do a business out of this. Mm. So they opened up just a small um, retail store out in Cherville on 41. At that point, we were just buying and reselling candy. And then they went into um, buying a used nut roaster and started roasting nut meats. Well, they just assumed like people were going to call them and like start ordering and that didn't happen. So my dad sent out a direct mailer and then people started calling him. Yeah, and he's like, like pre-internet. So, so he's like, like, okay. Mailing to get your customers. For sure. Calling on the phone. Looking, looking the up on the phone book. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what yeah. time period are we talking about here? 1983. No way. Yeah, a long time yeah, ago. 1983. So think about it for those of us who maybe were um, not adults in 1983. So your interest rates like in the 20% to buy a house, you know, unemployment in Northwest Indiana is 16% and they did really well. And that's something that we've come to learn. And one of the fun things I think about the candy industry and why I'm glad it's here in Northwest Indiana is that it's recession proof. Mm-hmm. So we don't do ha- have to do layoffs in, in bad times or hard economic times. So it's actually a really good balance for us being heavy steel in North Indiana to have a, a company that you can, you know, be employed at when times are tough in the economy. Sure. So. And you had, you had mentioned how what you guys had started out with for your business and investment. I mean, our dad started out with $10,000 of his own money, and then my grandpa gave him $10,000 of his money. That's and so, awesome. I mean, that's what the whole company has been built on. So, 
And, you know, that's the best part is like you don't really need to throw a ton of money at something if it's no. a good idea, you know. Right. And um, we was, we just did this uh, video. So have you guys been to Square Roots before? No, no I we're haven't. We're like trying to go tonight, actually, but then we found out it was closed, closed on Monday. Closed on Mondays. That uh, sucks. Yes. Um, that but should be a show so we should do, things. Closed on Mondays. Yes. And just like highlight all the places that are closed. <laughs> It'd be know. a huge win for people. Yeah. But we went there and their head chef, uh, Matt Grissetta, we do this thing called Chef Ed where he dresses them up in like a physical education thing and then he like coaches you on how to like make these meals for the holidays yeah. it's pretty oh, fun cool. um i forgot where i was going oh the no the nuts so he started roasting nuts in that place mm. and it was amazing how incredible that's made that kitchen smell yeah. and oh, i'm gosh. not even like a huge sweet person but it was like i couldn't help but just take handfuls of it I know. and so it's like almost a beautiful way to start because you've got the smell component you've got the the, the commodity component from yeah. a profit side so that's really huge Right, yeah. right, right, yeah. And then when you're roasting the nut meats, he was like, you may as well coat them in chocolate that only naturally goes together. Yeah. So again, bought equipment to do that. And then um, about back in 1997, I think it was, is what he was kind of, business was doing great, but my dad got really bored. He has to be challenged. So the gummy bears came around because of that. He just looked at the candy industry in a, as a whole and said, if we have to change something, what are we going to change? What can be improved upon? And he looked at the gummies and said, They've got to be kidding. You eat you eat the red gummy bear, and that's all you can define it as is the red gummy bear or the clear gummy bear. You never yeah. associated a flavor with that. Right. Um, it was technically thought impossible to get flavor to release out of gelatin. So he went into heavy research and development just on his own and created the 12 flavor bears that you see today. Well, as kids, we got to all bring a friend um, for dinner one night, and we sat around a table, and he had three cherry, three grape, three blue raspberry, and so on and so forth. And we all sat around and ate them and had to tell him why we thought which cherry was going to be the best cherry. And that's how... That yeah. item was birthed. That's awesome. Yeah, that's crazy. And like with gum, we had a we had a. Uh, it's funny you say that. We had we had like this inner office debate that you couldn't taste Skittles color. It was all by like by like vision. Oh, yeah. so we cool. even like film people blindfolded tasting Skittles, and no one could really go five for five on them. Oh well, if you man, eat the sour Skittles, you actually can't taste anything for like a week because it pretty much. <laughs> I freaking love sour Skittles. I love sour Skittles, but it just will burn the top layer of your tongue off. Like it's. Brutal. <laughs> I'm trying to think of there's another one. It's like there, I'm sure there's other candies like Airheads. You remember those? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Horrible. And like the um, what was what was the ones that were like super sour? Warheads. Warheads. Brutal. Yeah. Ugh. Not as I don't feel like as an adult Warheads are as sour as they were, but maybe I don't know. No, I, I agree. They used to be more sour. I feel like it really? was, or maybe yeah. just you know. As so a when's kid, the last like, Warhead you guys have had? That's interesting. Uh, a few May. years ago. I mean, we—I was gonna say we saw them in the candy store, so I, it's not been that long. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We go to this big expo in Chicago at McCormick in May. It's Sweets and Candy Expo, and so we um, Sweets and Snacks, excuse me. And so Warheads was there, and they do like a Warhead challenge. So I did that. Oh, that's like, crazy. Take a picture yeah. of you as like your, you know, pretending that it's the most sour like, thing you ever ate. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to win. I'm competitive. How did you place? Did you yeah. did you even place at all? No. No, just no, too much. No, I think there's just far too many, you know, people who are actually surprised by sour. I like sour, so I, you know, you got to be like really good. It's like people who like hot. You got to really like. You got to dive in. Yeah, you got to really kill them to, to for them to respond. So I feel like that way. So right. you like sour beers too? No, you know what? I have. I'm a mom of four kids, so <laughs> the last time I drank, like I don't get out to drink very often. But I've heard about this sour beer trend, and I. I can imagine it would be like kind of good. You'd I don't know. It. What do you'd you think? Love it for sure. Is it? Yeah, you'd okay. take it. you need to check it out. At least okay. buy one beer. 
Okay. Yeah. Deal. What what brand? Uh, Sour Note Brewing, 18th Street. They've okay. got a they've oh, okay. got a, a whole brand that's all about it. So. Okay. And a lot of you find them a lot, but it, I would say locally they're probably the ones leading the, leading the charge sour wise. Oh, nice. Okay. okay. Yeah. We just had one of their drinks uh, the other day. The yeah, we cranberry in, um, spice or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was delicious. Where was that at? It was delicious. Um, <laughs> we were at Lakeshore Public yeah. Radio. Yeah, oh, nice. That's where I used to work. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah. were there for just a little radio spot, and they had them there, and they were making drinks, and I was like, that is delicious. I mean, it was, <laughs> yeah. like, good. It was super good. Oh, that sounds mm. awesome. And I hadn't heard of them before, so. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so they're, like, I NPR, don't get PBS. We, we uh, combined with them. We did a uh, Halloween special. Um, where we got this old Crown Point jail here. Yeah. And uh, it's haunted as hell. I don't know if you guys have heard the stories or whatever. I've it's heard insane. stories, but I don't. Yeah. I didn't believe I've it. So it's true. It's haunted. It's I, that haunted. I experienced it. Frightened me. Like, oh, okay. I, I, I will like, refuse to go back. Pretty okay. Much. Yeah. <laughs> so they come in and uh, we had, the, we, had, we like interviewed them to tell us all their stories. And so then we put that together, put sound effects behind it. We aired it on theirs and ours. Oh, cool. So it was kind of cool to collaborate. That is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but candy's like a weird thing because it's kind of like, I, I, is it a children's thing? Is it not a children's thing? Well, that's what, it is a kid thing, but that's what separates our, our company from everyone else's. We really cater to the adults because kids like any candy. They just want sugar, you know? Yeah, yeah. They just want it because they think they, they, you know, the parents don't want them to have it. But and kids can't pay for it. Right, exactly. <laughs> but the adults is really who we were after when we created the 12 flavor gummy bears. And with all the candy and the chocolates that we have, it's like you guys really have the distinguishing palate to say, I like this over this. A kid's just going to eat it because he thinks it's candy and he thinks it's great. So that's really, we created our own category in the market, um, which is why we've had so much success with our Albany's World's Best 12 flavor bears and the other few items we have in that category. Um, is because we were able to talk to the buyers at those stores and say, you don't have a place. You literally have to create a new spot for this. You don't Crazy. have the gourmet gummy premium candy mm-hmm. catering to adults. There's nothing on there. That's why when you walk in the candy aisle, just really look at the packaging because we do that all the time. And you'll see, you know, bright, crazy colors and characters and all that stuff. That's not an adult going for that. You know, that's the kids going for it. Nice. So your perspective generally is to market to adults then. Absolutely. Yeah. How much importance is like the nutrition to that then? Because I feel like, does that matter at all in this equation? You know, yes and no. I really don't feel like it does because remember, candy is like your enjoyment. So when the whole like non-GMO organic thing was really going on and even like Eminem Mars made this big declaration and in 2020, we're going to be non-GMO. And if you've noticed that they've been like super quiet and kind of just like let that die um, as things do and because... They realize that people are not willing to pay extra for it, and those ingredients cost extra. And when you're eating a Snickers bar, like you're really not trying to matter. be healthy. Right. It's like right. the that's not where you're cutting rule, your right? calories. Right. At. Yeah, that's right. not where you're like looking to to like be healthy. That's where you want it to taste good. It's your treat. It's your fun time. Right. It's like I want my apples to be organic, non-GMO, but like my Snickers bar, I just want it to taste good. Right. And it's like the same thing. It's like at the end of the day, it's your treat. It's your fun time. So it's like it's got to taste good. Yeah. And sugar tastes good. Amazing. So, yeah. yeah. So we yeah. focus more on that. Um, and, you know, good ingredients. We use American ingredients. We don't use, you know, food manufactured in China, and um, which is different than a lot of people in, in the food industry because you can cut costs and, and that way. But we're very dedicated to premium ingredients. And that makes a difference. Crazy. Is, is the gummies your most lucrative candy that you guys that you guys put out it's definitely one of the most popular um just because i feel like the chocolate 
is what you grow up with is kind of an emotional connection to it. So somebody on the West Coast, like let's say San Francisco Giardelli's out there, they're always going to just emotionally love Giardelli. The the gummy bears changed it because they were 100% better. It was There was no yes. emotional connection to, you know, a European gummy. It was just like, wow, these gummies are delicious. Nuts. And so that's where I think the popularity of the gummies has tracked so much faster than the chocolates. Although, don't discount the chocolates. It is a European-style chocolate. It is smooth and creamy. As Tess yeah. will tell you, we leave all that cocoa fat in it or cocoa, cocoa butter. butter yeah and, which uh, doesn't mean it's like more fattening it just means we don't use like oil and table butter so right. we just keep all of the natural you know ingredients that come from cocoa beans into the chocolate which a lot of companies will take that out and sell to like lotion companies to make cocoa butter lotion because they can make more of a margin on it and we just keep all of that natural goodness in there and damn yeah it's yeah. really good it's super good that sounds yeah. amazing yeah the the one thing that fascinates me and you kind of mentioned on a little bit about being on the west coast but how does it go from something local to like not not only just like nationally distributed, but like potentially you guys are in other countries too, right? Yeah, yeah, we're in over forty different countries. You don't that's do it insane. on your own, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've got a whole team of people. We've got a great sales team um, that work directly for Albanese, but we also have a broker network. And it started by making a really great product, and I think that's what's kind of cool about Northwest Indiana too. Is like we've got a lot of these like local companies that make really great products and. Um, you know, and especially in like the brewing industry and distillery, it's like, what a unique time Mm -hmm. to be able to like get those local products out. And we've done a really, our sales team has done a really great job. Our broker network believes in the product. They love it. The buyers who eat it, love it. The consumers love it. So it's like just down the whole supply chain. Everyone's just like, we make good stuff. And when you make good food, it's like the rest of it takes care of itself. Yeah. And it definitely wasn't as, I mean, Tess is really cutting that short because it really wasn't that easy. There is a lot of convincing. to do it than me to say. And you really get into (laughs) getting a spot in, let's just say, Target or Walmart or whatever. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. It's not just like, oh, yeah, we'll buy your product. It's like, well, so-and-so candy company pretty much owns this segment because they pay us X dollars. So why should we take one of their items out and put yeah. you in. Right. I right. mean, it's a battle. It's, it's a, a process, battle. right? You're talking about right. it's like a literal battle. Like they'll even do like the salesperson literally has to stand there next to another salesperson and defend their position on in the planogram on the shelf at whatever local store that is, whatever yeah. store that is. Wow. So right. yeah, it's pretty, it can be pretty intense. It's like no bathroom breaks. Like the guy was like literally like, I'm going to pee my pants. And they're like, if you leave, he could take your spot. Like that's crazy, that's but it insane. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they reminded me of like when I was in college. I was a mar- RC merchandiser for okay. oh, for yeah. Royal okay. Crown, mm-hmm. and we'd go in these stores, and it'd be like nuts how much people were fighting for the space inside these grocery stores. Yes, and it'd be like if if, if one per like say you took one more row into the Seven Up line that you shouldn't have been oh, taking. Oh yeah, like you were hearing it from the Seven Up people. It's true, <laughs> you know. And so it's amazing to see how much that plays into the psychology of this whole thing. You know? Yeah. And so I mean, just out of curiosity, because like for me, I'm we're about a staff of eight you know we probably got about 10 freelancers that we work in and i think part of that gig is like the growth is like its own issues mm-hmm. you know yeah and so how do you even like i mean your dad's got to be like a special guy to even fight through all that you know because yeah. it's just like a lot of frustration stress right and then Definitely. growing pains and so like have, what have you guys experienced in that kind of mold i mean we've been through it with you know for as long as we've been there i mean it's been we've we're always oversold on things. So we're constantly fighting the the good growing pains as you're calling them, you know, but it doesn't come without heartache and the process of trying to find people, retain talent, you know, um, train people well, yeah. you know, it's, 
there's a there's a lot, but I think what's really great and how our dad set up the company is we've always been a hundred percent reinvested into the company. So you're not going to find Tess, Dominique, or I living in big, beautiful houses anywhere crazy. I mean, we live a very normal life. Everything goes back in. And that's what's allowed us to grow. I think a lot of people get into business and they think of the money that they can make. That was never his goal. It was always about helping people, helping the employees that we have now have good careers that they could grow families on helping the consumers enjoy product that he felt like they deserved. And I think that's really where he gets passion and where we get passion is like we treat our business as a restaurant and we don't ever want the consumer to feel as though we think they're stupid. And that's how we feel when people make a lesser product. Like when you put a cheeseburger out there, like it better be the best damn cheeseburger you can make. Like don't yeah. short me on the bun. Don't Because it that speaks volumes as to who you are and and where your mind really, really lies with that stuff. So for us, it's never about shorting on the ingredients or the flavor or any of that stuff. Have you tried like candies you had when you were a kid and you eat them now and you're like, something's different? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that happens. And, you know, these, unfortunately, these candy companies don't recognize how important that flavor is to keeping that consumer coming back. And that's really what yeah. he's really based the company on and really has been the, the success of why we've just been growing, you know, so much year after year. I mean, we've never had a year under like 25% wow. since 2009. I mean, it's been crazy, but it's been, it's been great. And our employees, our management team, our leadership team, I mean, they're all in this with us, just grinding it out every day, trying to just do our best and, and be better each yeah. and every day. That's awesome. Did you, do you guys do a lot of hiring within? I think I heard that. Like that's kind of like your kind of strategy. We do strategy. a ton of promoting within. Last time I looked, which was um, about six months or so ago, about 70% of our leadership team was started off in entry-level positions. So like, for example, the person who runs our chocolate department, he's our chocolate manager, he started off actually as a temp. Really? Yeah, he started off as a temp on a project and just in, in like three years became the chocolate manager because yeah. he just applied himself. <clears throat> He had no prior experience. He just came in as a temp and was like, I think I could do this and just kept going from there and there. Our chief and our director of engineering is started off in a retail store when he was 15. I mean, I would, I've got story after story like that of just people that have came, saw an opportunity and just applied themselves. Yeah, worked, so, worked really hard to get yeah. where they're at. Wow, yeah, worked really hard crazy. and yeah, took the, opportunities. I mean, and I know. think that's good. I mean, for the high school students and the people out there that maybe don't have the degrees or aren't interested in going to college to know like not every career that you can get requires that. You don't have to go to college to work at Albany's to eventually become a manager. You just have to work hard and apply yourself and, and do the, you know, do the work to get there. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's like, there's no doubt that probably that's the best route, right? Because then you yeah. get people invested. You And plus you get a chance to kind of like them to prove their character. Oh, yeah. yeah which is absolutely. huge, you know? It's awesome. I mean, when Bethany was saying, it's like we like to, our job, our goal is to help people. That's, you know, our customers, our employees, our community. Like we want to help everybody be successful. And some of that is, a lot of that is our employees and like giving them the opportunity. So the more we grow, we know that's going to give other people opportunities that maybe they wouldn't have ever had. I mean, we're running a, a large, a medium sized business that uh, by the government standards and, and I'm a registered nurse. Like there's nothing that on paper that says that I should be able to do this job. And same thing for Bethany. And it's like just taking people and just saying like, you have the will, the drive, you know, to do it. And like, you want to learn it, it's like, go for it. Have fun. Hell yeah. Let's do something. And, one, and one thing you mentioned, so I think it's a great segue, is like building on other people's success outside of you guys. Because yeah. like, I think one of the ones that are like, to me is very profound, is windmill brewing. 
Mm-hmm. Like they're, they were, they were doing like a pretty good job of what they were doing in general, but then they started creating this whole line called the memes line. Mm-hmm. And it started with using, I think a specific color of your gummies. Right. Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. so they started to add their gu- your gummies into a lot of their drinks and it just blew up for mm-hmm. them beer wise. And so how, how often are you trying to make these relationships with local businesses and small businesses to kind of help them succeed? Um, really the sales team does the brunt of that. I mean, they do present the opportunities to us. Um, but as far as like locally, typically they're working with the the local sales manager on those projects. Um, but we're always willing to listen in here. I mean, we were just talking to the Humane Society of Northwest Indiana. We were talking about putting on, you know, a gummy bear fest. We're like, why not? Why would we totally put that on? And like, you know, ways to just really grow the community, engage the community, really spread the wealth for everyone. Um, we've partnered a lot with County Line Apple Orchard, um, mm-hmm. especially in the fall season. So we try to drive a lot of traffic to them. Um, a lot of our customers are from out of town that are just hopping on the highway that happen to see our billboard. So we really try to help them out and throw them some business on there. Because, you know, they really only have that four-month window there. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, crazy. And that's it. Wow. Yeah, because it's curious because, like, one of the things we really get a chance to do, which is, like, a, a huge blessing, is, like, connect people you know yeah. and so it'd be like we between restaurants and breweries we tend to kind of know a lot of people and then i just became the president of the crown point chamber so that just like opened up a whole another door yeah and so it's just really fascinating to see how like all these different assets can kind of be like corralled into mm-hmm. making positivity yeah and something oh. productive you know absolutely yeah and absolutely. Uh, one one thing i know you guys have been doing i think i think it was in november you guys were doing a give back right a gummy give back yeah and so you got how much how much does like uh, being uh, philanthropic kind of play into the philosophy of what you guys do and then what are some of the best campaigns you guys are like most proud of well, you know, we mentioned it the other day is like it's very hard for us to speak publicly about the things that we do. We don't want it to ever seem boastful. It really comes from a very genuine place for us um, within the community. All the benefits that go on. I mean, we show up at, at anyone who who asks. I mean, we're there with something for them to give for their silent auctions or whatnot. Um, more closely, we support heavily the Humane Society of Northwest Indiana that's uh, located in Miller. That was something that was very, my grandma was, or our grandma was very passionate about. Um, so our customers have always donated towards them to help them. And really, that's what's kept their doors open for so many years. Because all the way out in Miller, there's really, at that time, there wasn't like anybody really out there. Mm-hmm. And so they were kind of left just in the dust dying there. And so... Those donations have really funded them. We do adoptathons uh, two times a year at the store, which is their most adoptable time for their animals. Um, really? Because people come in with their families, they're in a good mood getting candy, you're seeing a cute dog or a cute cat, and you know it's kind of all right there. And um, so that they've told us that that has been the most successful for them. Um, we do a lot with our with local nursing homes, um, nursing homes, something- Carmelite Home. Yeah, we support Carmelite Home. Uh, military, we did, we're huge on. Yeah, military. We do a lot with military wounded veterans. So we don't have like one thing. <laughs> we yeah. kind of like, you know, it's all about trying to help. I think everyone as much. Yeah, as we, we focus. Possibly. I think oh, yeah. our philosophy is we focus first on people who can't help themselves. That's a big part of our family philosophy that definitely goes into our business. You know. Um, as well, and so we focus a lot on that. Um, you know, which, and then also that includes you know helping out. Uh, employees who may be hitting hard times like you know we've had employees who've had fires in their homes and you know or uh, you know god forbid we've had employees or sadly that have had cancer scares or cancer issues and so we've helped them like through their you know hard times and stuff so we really try to focus like what can we do internally what how can we help out whoever really needs it so yeah 
And our employees love it too. We just did for Thanksgiving for the first year. Um, Gary had reached out because they do baskets mm. um, and they hand out over a thousand baskets. Yeah, that's really fun. We did and this. so we did um, just with our employees our own internal fundraiser to do. We picked one, they wanted you to pick one item, so we picked the cranberry sauce because it's the sweet cranberry thing. sauce, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, were like definitely bringing the cranberry sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and so our employees donated. And we were able to give them over a thousand can and hand them money to supply the rest of their goods that they needed. So yeah, we're really proud proud of them. This yeah. is probably the first time we were really being proactive in that in that sector, you know, this year. And I can't mm-hmm. believe how many people are doing great things around this region in particular for like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. It's insane. Oh my gosh. People are really generous. And I think Americans in general don't get enough recognition for the generosity. Totally agree. I hands down, I'd put it up against anyone else, the most generous people in the world. And I would say Northwest Indiana is is definitely not bringing down the average. I think this is a very generous community. Um, and I, I, it makes me really proud to be a part of it. For sure. Definitely. So one thing you guys talked about before we got on the air was the um, big announcement you guys got going on in January. I know. Yeah. So what, tell, me, tell us a little bit about it. Five years in the making here. So yeah. Um, we wanted to come out with a different style gummy. So it's still a gummy, but all of our gummies are just like cherry, pineapple, and they're really great flavors. But you're not necessarily thinking about the fruit, the identical fruit when you eat them. So this new line, the reason we're calling it the ultimate is because it's true to fruit flavor. So when you're eating one of the um, flavors is the pear, Asian pear. When you're eating that, you literally taste the pear that you're eating from start to finish. So the skin that you go through to get to the flesh, the juicy sweetness, what? all the way. I'm not kidding yeah, you. Like you good. will knock your socks off. So we've got that flavor. We've got Fuji apple, um, crimson cranberries are just a couple of the flavors that we have. And I mean, they're like to die for. Yeah. So you're talking about an evolution of flavor here. An evolution. Yeah, totally an evolution. Yes. That's a good way of putting it. It's really Perfect. an evolution. So people have said like, oh, is it, it's better. And it's really not better it's different it's just a totally different natural color or natural flavor excuse me in colors from fruits and vegetables so it's got it speaks to people who maybe have like food coloring issues or um and so it's a little bit of a of a better for you product but it's um just different it's different than 12 flavor we wanted to get a little bit a different level of creativity so Crazy. we're excited about it yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a long called, time in the making so it's called the ultimate flavor oh yeah and, yeah. What, and what's the date ultimate that's eight be? flavors it's launching january 1st so you'll be able to get it in our store or online and then we have a couple of retailers taking it on but it'll just take time to get it to all, all the retailers oh that's great yeah mm-hmm. crazy any other big things coming up we've got more plan expansions happening so you might not see your building get a lot bigger but internally we're doing a lot more plan expansion so we are definitely hiring and looking for you know talented people to to add to our team so at at all levels so we're happy to talk to anybody that is maybe looking for a change or want something different so cool should they contact you on your personal cell phone yeah they should you're not gonna give it right (laughs) now yeah (laughs) Yeah. what's your number Uh, but uh, I would love to kind of have you guys back one day. I know um, we were yeah. working with Sentier about um, potentially putting together like a uh, how it's made. Oh, cool. Where we can yeah. kind of sit down and really kind of interview four or five people who, who kind of were around from the beginning. Yeah. And just really talk about how like the overall scope of where it went 
and and like all like the trials and tribulations because yeah. I think that's the hardest thing at least for as a business owner that I never understood it's like you see people doing it but you don't right. realize how hard it is until you're doing it right yeah. you know there's no way of like recreating that's what that. it's hard for me too like I mean not that people can't have opinions but I think sometimes people on social media can be brutal to businesses and I, you know they just want to throw out a negative comment because they're mad that it didn't get done in two minutes instead of five and I mean if you're a business owner you really just like wreaks havoc on your heart because you know how hard they're working to try to get it done for you and to make yeah. it right yeah. so. and, you know, and some people just you get caught up in the day-to-day sometimes it's harder to see the aerial view absolutely it really gets yeah. hard when, absolutely. Yeah. when you're you trained and you know that it's like you got to make sure you're driving your business and not being driven by it and yeah. it's very that's a, a learned skill and it, it takes really years. is yeah it takes years, years. <laughs> yep. and it, a lot of painful experience <laughs> <laughs> Our younger can't sister. be easy, right? Yeah, no, our younger no. sister. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> that's why I tell myself it was easy. Everybody would do it. We did our uh, pizza uh, contest the first time, and you should have seen how brutal people were to oh. other pizza places. I bet it was Ugh. like at one point you're just like, this is not why we're doing this. No, yeah. I know. Yeah. It's like there's there's I think we did the, like the math. I think it was like 85 pizza places within like Porter and Lake. Wow. And there'd be people who are like, no, that place sucks. I've and but they've never even been there. It's like you cannot tell me you've tried. All eighty pizza no, places. Yeah, I know. There's no way. There's you know? no way. But they were just brutal. No, on I know. It, you know. Okay. And it's like the owners of these places read this. Yeah. You know that's bullshit. Yeah. And we're, we uh we've started the combat a little bit. We haven't released it yet, but we're gonna start doing bad Yelp reviews where we have like the people read off. They're like, well, who, no, the I dumb love shit that. People are saying. Yeah. To combat it a little bit. So yeah, hopefully that's the case. Yeah, because it's really I think hurtful sometimes at the end of the day, if especially from business owner side when you're really working hard. Well, business oh, is yeah. just people, so it's like I mean anything. It's like you just you know be kind. It's like you can not like it. That's okay, but. You know, we can be nice to each other in the process. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's one thing having an educated perspective. Yeah. Right? But, like, some of these people, like, they'll try it one time, and it's like, your entire business sucks. Right. You know, it could have been just a shitty cook back yeah. there. You know? Like, you just don't know. It's, like, crazy. And I think, but even as, like, business owners, we've got to stay, um, we've got to stay, you've got to have a thick skin. You've got to be able to take that kind of criticism, constructive or not, and learn where you need to apply it to do better. And you can let it destroy you and, you know, be like, right. oh, I'm so horrible. But at the end of the day, it's like, you just got to, you know, put your big girl pants on and get to it. You know? I tell do myself better. that every just day. Just do better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put your big girl pants on. <laughs> well, awesome. is there any place that you guys want to be like contacted or anything? It's like follow you guys anywhere. I mean, uh, yeah, you can follow us on any of the... Are you talking about like social media and yeah, stuff? Yeah, social. Yeah, you can look up Albanese Candy. We thought confectionery was a little long, so we shortened <laughs> it to candy. Um, we're, we're available on any of those social media outlets and... Yeah, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, Bethany, Tess, thank you guys for coming in. Thanks. Thanks so, awesome. so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, thank we'll, you. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah.